Hello, I'm Anna Bogutskaya. And I'm Clarice Lockery. And this is the Next Supremes, an American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. In this episode, Zoe displays a new power when defending the coven from a zombie attack. <laughs> Casual. It's a little zombie attack. Oh, I don't know why that was so funny. <laughs> Today's episode is titled Burn Witch Burn and was written by Jessica Scharzer, I hope I pronounced that correctly, who wrote and directed Speak, an indie movie which features an early case too, Kristen Stewart, mm. and also wrote the underappreciated millennial classic Nerve and A Simple Favor. That's where I recognize her name from, because mm-hmm. I love A Simple Favor. Me too. I love it. And the episode was also directed by Jeremy Podesba, who has pretty much directed at least a handful of episodes of every single major TV show from the last, like, 20 years. Including... I'm looking at the list you have, but I haven't seen any of this. You haven't seen Game of Thrones? Um, I saw, like, three episodes of Game of Thrones. Oh. But I think what I'm going to do... This is a digression already. <laughs> I'm, it's been one minute. <laughs> I'm a big Pedro Pascal fan, so my plan uh-huh. is I'm going to just watch the episodes that he's in, and I will never oh. not watch a second more of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, no. I refuse to do it. I know what happens. I'm ready for it. No, but you've got to watch like seasons one till four. I don't need to understand the context. <laughs> As long as Pedro Pascal's there, it doesn't really matter what he's doing. Okay, then you can just watch the season. <laughs> I'm not doing it for the story. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm constantly impressed by how fast we're going to digressions. With, it's getting <laughs> with worse and worse. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> you don't need to apologize because they're like the best things about these. <laughs> so... Back to American Horror Story Coven, we begin with a flashback to 1833, Halloween night. So this is the Halloween episode, and Madame Lonnery is having a Halloween party where she (laughs) is serving real-life guts and real eyeballs, which she has, again, uh, taken from uh, her chamber of horrors. And her murder hobby? She's doing that thing. I Have you ever done this? I did this when I was a kid where you peel grapes and you put them in a box and then you make people put their hand in it and you're like, ooh, it's eyeballs. Yeah. But it's actually eyeballs this time. That's the the American Horror Story twist. <laughs> yeah, I never did that because we didn't really celebrate Halloween when I grew up. Sad, sad times. Oh. I did it too hard. (laughs) I went too hard every year. (laughs) Okay, maybe we should talk about this scene and the next one, which, because they both deal with motherhood. And it's kind of Lily and her relationship with her daughters, and her daughters are plotting to kill her. And in the present day, after Cordelia is blinded by an acid attack, uh, Fiona is sort of wandering around the the hospital and ends up in some sort of underground basement floor of the hospital and 
has this very intense interaction with a with a young mother who had a stillborn baby and revives the baby but because it's Fiona she does it with a lot of weird intensity and a soliloquy and a lot of manhandling of someone else's child yeah I feel like there was a uh, less traumatic way to do what she did mm-hmm. yeah because it's ultimately <laughs> a good thing but yeah but she made it she, weird yeah she sort of like tell say that you fight your daughter is beautiful hold your d-. and it's just like why was any of that necessary it, it sort of feels like she's unloading all of her trauma onto mm. this strange oh, woman clearly. that she she's only just met you know it's like it's hard to really interpret that as an act of kindness it feels like an act of guilt mm. Because an act of kindness would have been just to, to revive the baby mm. and like let it just be that instead of having to put this whole sort of psychological torture show around it first. What did you think of the way that scene was filmed? Dutch angles! So many! <laughs> <laughs> this, episode has, this episode was entirely filmed in Dutch angles. Mm-hmm. And seemingly with one of those, like, tilt-shift lenses. Do you know yes. what lens I mean? Like, they were really popular in the mid-2000s where everybody was into lamography. Yeah. Wait, is that the one where it's it, it's the focus that keeps kind of going in and out? And because it's... Woo, but it's through the whole episode, so usually you kind of use that to to create someone's perspective. But it's for everything, so it yep. doesn't really work. Nope. <laughs> Does this happen in Game of Thrones? <laughs> no, it doesn't actually. Pedro Pascal in Dutch angles only. Oh no, he's he's fully in focus. Don't worry. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, is there much to say about Lonori aside from the fact that she's gross, her daughters hate her? And she sort of revels in it. Yeah, I I find this. I mean, this is a very general statement about her in the whole episode, but I I find it kind of interesting how she's represented here. It's sort of approaching the you know white racist learns to not be racist narrative, which is you know tiring and lazy like 99.9% of the time but it's sort of contrasted with this idea that to get to that point she had to gain immortality and be in a box with her own thoughts for for hundreds of years plus she also had to be confronted with her own like dead zombie daughters so I was sort of wrestling between this idea of like, oh, is this this really like lazy trope or is it sort of making a point that like those narratives are so lazy because the only way that someone's going to magically have like an instant, oh, I'm not racist anymore, you know, in a way that doesn't take years and years of, of learning and opening and changing yourself would be something as extreme as this as like literal immortality zombies. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. 
I think it's just lazy. Is probably just lazy. I'm, I'm giving this too much, <laughs> way too much credit to be like, actually, it's credit. actually it's a commentary on, on lazy narratives. <laughs> if, if anything, I, I kind of, I'm only impressed by the sheer dedication of Lori to just being a horrid sadist the entire way through. The fact that she's a horrible racist and she's a horrible sadist to everyone. She's such a sadistic narcissist that it like it doesn't matter. I don't think that she's actually learning. I don't think she's keen to learn because I don't think she thinks that there's anything wrong with her. Uh, this episode kind of weirdly does give her a slight edge of regret. But even so, even so, she murders her own, well, you know, zombified daughter, and then sort of says, you know, she has this line, which is a great line, to be fair, that killing her daughter was the only act of kindness that she ever showed her. It's like, mm, yeah, like, too late. Too late, and also, again, it's just wallowing in self-pity. I don't think that indicates much growth. I think it's mm. just her saddling back and sliding back into the comfortable arena of self-pity yeah i guess that's yeah that is a good interpretation because like there's definitely something shifting in her in this episode but like there's so much else going on that it's kind of hard to read her character because yeah, she just does a lot of like begging and crying and <laughs> mm. yeah I love Kathy Bates, but Madame Lalaurie's crying and begging just does not work on me, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, no. <laughs> nah. Go away. Yeah. You should you should have gotten in by zombies. Well, yeah, it is kind of like, yeah, you do deserve to get choked by your zombie daughter. I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> At this point. Let's talk about the Fiona Cordelia mother-daughter relationship. And namely when Frank appears and has a massive argument in the hospital with Cord with Fiona. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's funny. The audacity. Frank, kind of in other contexts, wouldn't be saying anything wrong because he's saying, you've been an awful mother to her, why are you suddenly here? Which he has a point, but you know, we don't want to hear it from him. No! <laughs> it's that Simpsons meme of Marge being like, he's right, but he should say it. <laughs> yeah, and again, the audacity of Frank. Cordelia has an interesting new part because now she has these visions. So when he touches her, she sees like... um. Uh, a, a charmed like montage of all the shit that he's been up to including you know cheating on her and murdering the girl he was cheating on her with yeah and barking so... at orgasm <laughs> <laughs> let us not forget <laughs> yeah that is out of all of those things definitely the worst one well i guess the implication is that he must also does he also bark when he orgasms with cordelia is she used to that or is that like a special thing he only does when he's doing an adultery? Doing, <laughs> doing an, adultery. an adultery. Doing an adultery. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What about the zombie attack itself? We haven't really talked about the these zombies. 
Because we only got a little glimpse of them in the last episode, and this time it's like full-on thriller. Yeah. I mean, Queenie at some point references Army of Darkness, which I thought cute. was like a cute little tease of what happens later in the episode. But should we save that? Because I guess that's the big... Yeah. The big moment. But that's a tease. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we get lots of more different varieties of zombie. There's like a bride mm-hmm. zombie and uh, just like a tall one. He's <laughs> 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 just like tall. <laughs> I don't really know what period of history he's from. It's a pick and mix. It's a zombie pick and mix. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Hot Boy Luke just being all, all guys... You know, knock it out. Fine, you've scared the girls. Go on now. Like, why would ten people just be standing on the lawn of a house? Like, what is his logic? I don't... Be like, knock it out, guys. (laughs) Stop just standing outside of the house. Come on. (laughs) Luke has abs. He does not have logic. Yeah, it's either or. (laughs) either or in this world you don't get both sorry about that nope. what did you make of the the kind of the um, the way that Mary Laveau's summoning of the undead and Zoe's vanishing of them yeah because she she just says be be in your nature yeah and the zombies Which are like alright <laughs> I don't really know what that means <laughs> Gonna go be in my nature. <laughs> be right back. Gonna be in my nature. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes uh, Marie Laveau kind of snap out of the the spell, the ritual. Yeah, that she's performing. Yeah, and so she she goes. Mm, there's like real power in that that witch house. Mm. Which mm, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, now like the whole house of cards game of the coven is trying to guess who is the new upcoming supreme because it ain't madison because she uh was ill and well now she's dead yeah so now (laughs) they're sort of they're just sort of hinting at everyone else who might possibly be the supreme yeah there's like i mean multiple teasers i feel like in Mm -hmm. this episode alone I mean, yeah. Zoe's definitely the biggest one because she's mm-hmm. kind of the the hero, I guess, of this. this well, episode. she's useful for once, which is a nice change of pace. Yeah, for her. not at first, because at first she just like closes the blinds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Let's go upstairs. Let's quarantine with Spalding. Close the window. Well, not quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend we're not at home. That's what you do with trick or treaters, right? Um, mm. Yeah, she does like a whole bunch of stupid things. And then right at the very end, she comes through. <laughs> like, she also comes out with pots of pears <laughs> to distract from, because they're about to get um, Nan and, and Luke. And she comes mm-hmm. out with pots of pears being like, hey, zombies, look over here. And then she does that stupid thing that people in movies do, where the zombies start chasing after her. And she's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, I did not predict this was going to happen. Oh, no. Now they're chasing after me. I could never have predicted that. Uh, So she has to cycle through, like, dumb horror movie person first. Yeah. And she can finally progress into... Can I say what happened? I'm so excited to say what she does. 
She goes full Ash Army of Darkness chainsaw on them, the, those motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> and she fully just splits a zombie in half for the chainsaw. It was so fun. It was amazing. When they do violence, when they when they make violence fun like this, I can't, a sentence, that sentence is not correct <laughs> <laughs> on any level. But, you know, when they when they bring in fun horror film references and they let their ha- characters have fun within these extreme weird-ass situations they put them in, this is the American horror story I love. Yeah. And then at the same time, you get these beautiful shots. So frankly, the, ri- the the production design of the ritual of Mary Laveau and the way that she's sort of levitating as she's summoning all of these zombies is pretty amazing looking. Yeah, it's cool. I liked how they sort of showed the the sacrifices before, like the mm. the little feathers of the chicken, and then it sort of you get a yeah. sense of of the the stages of the ritual that you know mm-hmm. that's what's interesting about how they they show that voodoo is is you know it's not just like click your fingers like bewitched <laughs> yeah the fact no. that you know it's it's these very like practice rituals to get to to a certain place um and i thought i thought that was cool oh uh, yeah i love the look of it and i also love the fact that they kind of bring in all of these ritual clothes that she wears specifically when she's performing a ritual like you know she looks absolutely amazing when she's sort of just sitting on her throne with her ipad or doing hair but when she is in in voodoo mode when she's performing a ritual um there is also garbs and garments that go with it and i I love the way they look like i love i love kind of the attention to detail with that yeah the fact that she's wearing red and white which are always such Mm. symbolic colors yeah Moving on to after Zoe banishes all the zombies and they clean up and they bring back Cordelia into the house. Fiona is tried and I guess convicted by the Council of Witchcraft to resign as Supreme? Yeah, they they try and make her abdicate. Yeah. Like on the TV show Game of Thrones. <laughs> cool back. <laughs> Someone abdicates probably on that show. I wouldn't uh, know because I haven't watched it. <laughs> no, they do not. Oh, they just poison people, don't they? Well, they get real creative with their murders. Let me just say that. Okay. I'm not going to say anything else. because it... I mean, it's an incredibly old show, <laughs> I feel like. I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you. I know, I know what happens to Pedro. It's okay. <laughs> but do you know what happens to everyone else? Um, like poison, red wedding, blood, dragon, <laughs> the dragon, stabby stabby, the dragon lady. <laughs> oh my god! Don't spoil it. Sorry, you could cut this out. It's gay. Everyone's to, seen it. Funny. I feel like if you haven't watched Game of Thrones by this point, you're not going to watch it. You're like me and well, you're never going to see it. <laughs> I, I only caught up with Bake Off last week and I somehow managed to avoid all internet spoilers. That's pretty good. And technically it was like I was three weeks behind. That's impressive. So spoilers are a big deal. Yeah, okay. You can cut out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I spoiled <laughs> the ending of Game of Thrones in really vague language. <laughs> 
<laughs> can cut it out. I'm, I'm actually totally going to keep it in. So <laughs> Just put a spoiler warning. Be like, look, <laughs> guys, we're spoiling Game of Thrones. So <laughs> just watch out. <laughs> you don't know that they stabby stabby the dragon lady. And I only know that because I saw a picture on Google. <laughs> I don't know why they stabbed the dragon lady, but they do. Well, they're mad at her because she, she, the dragon's, sorry. Well, you'll have to watch eight seasons of TV to find out why. And I'm not going to because Pedro Pascal is not in those eight seasons, so I don't care. <laughs> but, you know, you feel, you know, when you just, I like, I miss the boat on it. And the yeah. boat's gone. I'm not going to swim over the to the boat. The boat is gone because everyone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to jump in the ocean and try and swim to catch the boat. It's it's okay. past. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to try to convince you to watch Game of Thrones. I am going to try to convince you to watch Black Sails because I think that show... That, because I don't know what happens at all in that show, so I'm excited it's for that. It's pirates. It's pirates and they're anarchists. Salt. <laughs> they're gay pirates as well. Salt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like a queer anarchist uh utopia with pirates. Big hats. Big hats. Perfect. Little peg legs. Perfect. Lot of sex, lot of violence. Little parrot. <laughs> there is no parrot. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> no, this sounds great. I will I'm I wanna watch this show. It's great. Anyway, that was like 17 different digressions in a row. <laughs> so, um, what did you think of Fiona turning the council against Myrtle? I'm being mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like, it's shocking how swiftly the council just goes I... with her. Yeah. She's like the power this woman has. Here's a picture on an iPhone of a creepy like mean girls like stalker uh collage that she did in a motel. Oh my god. She's obviously obsessed with me. I'm so glad you brought that up because now because that is such a Regina George move. That is actually literally what she does in Mean Girls. Yeah, Fiona Good is Re- she's Regina George. <laughs> In every, on every level. I mean, there's no way she did not do that weird wall of pictures of herself covered in lipstick herself. And like, this is like the period, you know, when Regina, they give her the Caltine bars. Mm-hmm. This is, this is Fiona Good losing her powers. <laughs> yes. Right? It's the same thing. Yeah. Her tactic is to position herself as a victim yeah because that's exactly what happens she gets the yeah. team bars and then uh-huh. and then she puts on the weight and everyone starts being mean to her and then she creates the burn book it's like this the, sorry spoilers for mean girls also. <laughs> <laughs> she creates a burn book it's like exactly the same timeline as well of like she starts they both both of these women start to lose something that, like, they hold really dear, which is their personal vanity. And so, like, their attack mode is to make themselves the victim in a narrative. Yes. I think we've cracked it. They stole from Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know this is not a visual medium, but what I'm imagining right now that we're both doing is like the Charlie Day, it's always sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> meme where he's just collating this <laughs> conspiracy on a wall. Because Myrtle Snow is. Well, who is she though? Is she Janice? Mm. Oh, yeah, no, she is kind of Janice. She is kind of Janice. Yeah, because she's super cool, but she's also kind of the same as Regina. She's also a meme girl. We cracked up. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we record late in the day. I know. <laughs> this is great. So then, Myrtle Snow is, again, the punishment for a supreme who's wreaking havoc on their entire line of witches is, oh, you need to resign. The punishment for Myrtle Snow is, you gotta burn. Yeah, and they don't even, like, take the jury out to <laughs> discuss it. No. They just look at each other and go, do you know what time it is? <laughs> it's burn o'clock. Burn o'clock, burn o'clock. <laughs> burn, it's burn o'clock. It's burns night. Let's talk about the Myrtle burning at the stake scene. Yes. <laughs> Because this is, if I'm not wrong, the second time we see a witch burn because Misty Day also burned. Okay, so there's a lot of drama here in the lead up, but it's also kind of, it's got a kind of like lame prom party vibe to it. (laughs) 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 You know, like the, the art kids decided to do an alternative prom. Yeah. It's just them and no one else turned up. Or like a party clown funeral. There's something that kind of like <laughs> yes. comic, but sad, but comic about it. Mm. But sad. Yeah. The special effects as well. Oh. Hey, TV budget. <laughs> it, those CGI flames are expensive. Ask the dragons on Game of Thrones! <laughs> <laughs> Considering the level of a fashion in this season, I am not surprised that there was just pennies left over for the CGI fire. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And then there's really only two scenes left for us to discuss, isn't there? Let's stick with Myrtle. Yes. To finish off, because that's how the episode ends and Misty pops round. Not sure how, because that that seems like the desert and it seems really far away from the swamps yeah the, there's is there desert in near new orleans i would feel like no mm, i don't maybe out, out like a, a, a drive outside the city or something but no i wouldn't say because it's like literally like it's a port city yeah and it's quite like a humid part of america <laughs> yeah it's extremely humid yeah. and there's like swamps and the ocean yes but hey <laughs> desert somewhere and um i i gotta admit i really love the the way that this episode ends with that shot of a crispy myrtle snow just opening her eyes mm. and the makeup is really bad yeah it's just like it's just like um like someone just put a little pantyhose on her head like a rubber and they just painted it with um red, red 
different tones of nail polish? I mean, that might have been what they did. <laughs> Isn't that kind of like a trick? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a makeup artist. I can barely do my makeup. <laughs> me neither. I'm not a makeup artist. <laughs> um, what did you think of this as a, as a cliffhanger for the episode? I mean, it's sort of a cliffhanger and sort of also not a cliffhanger. Because we just know that she's back now. She's probably going to be mad about it, I would imagine. Well, because also it connects to a scene that happens just before this, where Queenie has a conversation with Fiona about suddenly having a guilty conscience. And it's like, oh, yeah. Uh oh. And, and it reveals that Queenie uh, put her hand in acid to recreate burn marks on Myrtle Snow. So that it would look like she had handled the acid that was thrown at Cordelia. Yes. And to be honest, it did strike me as very weird that Myrtle would not be like, uh, this has literally just happened and we know that there's a witch in this coven who has this power. And instead was just, yes, burn me. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather burn than boil. I don't I guess she's just like over it by that point. I'm starting to think that this whole season is sort of a treaty on um, (laughs) on like white women's guilt or like how they very quickly default to playing the victim card. Oh, like, yeah, sort of like, well, if I must burn, I'm going to go out in the most, you know pitiable way possible where she didn't even bother to actually do anything is that really bad of me to say no because it's like you know uh it's a real thing that white women constantly victimize themselves and it's okay because metal snow is not real so <laughs> we're not saying this about any real white women um but yeah like i kind of i kind of see what you're saying is that the i think because of the drama of the coven and everyone's sort of so self-obsessed in this season. There is that element that everyone's always trying to create narratives for themselves. And so maybe Myrtle's so, you know, quick to give up because she has always seen herself as the victim because, you know, boohoo, she didn't get to be supreme. You know, so she's like, well, at least I'm, you know, going to go out as the... I imagine they don't burn witches that very often within the the coven itself especially not because they're running out of witches exactly so she can make a be like well if i can't be supreme then i'll be the witch that they burn before we move on to our categories there's really just one thing (laughs) that we need to talk about oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you want to describe it because i think i can keep us (laughs) so spalding's like he's ready for a tea party again because hey it's tea (laughs) o'clock it's always 3 p.m somewhere uh, so he goes into his attic thing, which I loved earlier on when the zombies were attacking. Everyone was like, let's go to the attic, go to Spalding's room. And he was like, ah, uh, no, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> and so he sets up his little dolls. He puts on his cute little nightie. He's ready to go. Just needs one more thing. Opens his little coffer. There's Madison. Kind of smells bad. <laughs> he goes, oof. <laughs> and he's spraying like air freshener everywhere 
Yeah, just Febreze that shit. Just Febreze that shit. It'll be fine. (laughs) So he goes to pull her up and plop, off goes the arm. (laughs) And he's like, ooh, oh dear. (laughs) His face when the arm comes off is just magical. How is she going to pour tea now? Because really the ladylike way to do it is you want two hands. <laughs> no one but Dennis O'Hare could pull off that scene. Yeah. Yeah, the sort of no mix one. of like sincerity and just like comic mm. absurdity. Yeah. So shall we move on to our categories now? Yes. So what was your top quote of the episode? I loved when they were telling Fiona Good that she had to abdicate and Leslie jo- mm. Jordan goes, it's nothing personal. <laughs> <laughs> Which just made me his only line in this episode. Mm. He didn't really say much, but what he did yeah. say was gold. He looked great as well. Yes. How about you? My favorite one was when the zombies are attacking the common house and there's some random trick or treat teenagers and one of the guys goes dude your prosthetics look awesome oh yeah and it's just such bill and ted energy <laughs> and I love yeah it. and it kind of looks like so like fit wolf-hearted stranger things <laughs> <laughs> what about best song i guess the the one that they play when they're burning myrtle yeah right place wrong time by dr john yes I don't remember yeah. anything about it, but I remember that there was a cool song playing. <laughs> it's like a real strutty song. Like, it's a real, like, power anthem, almost. Which kind of contradicts... Which is a weird tone with the scene, because she's literally walking to the stake to be burned alive for a crime she did not commit. So it's a weird message, sort of. But uh, I, 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 liked, I like the song itself. yeah. Mm. It sort of went with the sort of, yeah, alternative prom theme. Yeah. What about the best fit of the episode? I really enjoyed Zoe's pirate fantasy that she was serving at the the stake burning. (laughs) (laughs) Big old hat, sleeves, lace up, Mm. long dress, big old belt, look of confusion. (laughs) (laughs) It all worked for me. I was gonna. I was actually gonna say Myrtle Snow's burn outfit, which seems <laughs> a, like a weird choice. I mostly like the drama of the outfit, her walk, and that wild red hair. I was like, this is this is what an image of a witch always looked like. And I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. Like they made it a little bit modern with her glasses and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I quite I'm quite into that kind of slightly updated classic image. Yeah, and sort of like the way that the fabric billowed, like it was really mm. well. Like it looked like it was just some like a sh- sheet or a sack, but it was like very subtly tailored to her body, so that it looked mm. really nice. It's not peak fashion, but it really stood out to me. It's like good. It's good costume design. Yeah. What about uh, the best witch pun? I they didn't really have any puns. Yeah, no, I'm really regretting that category now because I'm struggling yeah. to find them. <laughs> yeah, I 
I don't know if this is just another good quote, but I liked when Fiona told um, Frank, I can smell the bullshit in your pockets. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know if that's like a witchy thing. She has good smell. He's carrying shit well, in his pockets. I don't know. Well, it's because Frank is trash. Yeah, he's a real like shit carrier. Shit pocketer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe this should be renamed the best witch put down because a lot of their mm. insults are witch themed. And my favorite one was when Queenie was like, you don't mess with the Supreme. I just love the delivery that Capri does in that scene. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good one. Who for you is the MVP of the episode? I would just want to get to Zuri because I liked the whole thing she was doing with the chainsaw. Yeah. And she did, like, save the day. Yeah, in her own way. Yeah. Yeah. She was useful. For what? Good for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did you pick up on any insensitive historical references this week? Well, I did look this up because the idea of, of the peeled grapes as eyeballs, mm-hmm. um, I'm not 100% sure if this is accurate, but an article in the Washington Post mentioned that in the 1930s, because people kept doing pranks and like mm-hmm. people were starting to die, it was not good. <laughs> Neighborhoods started to throw collective Halloween parties where children would go door to door and collect random trinkets like costume pieces and candy and haunted houses also popped up during this time where adults would distract would-be pranksters with pranks of their own like making them touch peeled grapes disguised as eyeballs and having barking dogs jump out of the darkness (laughs) oh that's 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 really menacing (laughs) that's not a prank that's like like an attack Beware! No, a the is beast terrifying. of the moors. It's a little <laughs> chihuahua coming up. <laughs> Listen, a chihuahua would be terrifying to me. I'm not even lying. Oh, chihuahua can never terrify me. I love them. They're fucking rabbit. They're really scary. Yeah, but they're so funny. I enjoy watching. <laughs> uh, I often type into YouTube like angry chihuahua because <laughs> I really like it when they get mad and they're like. Meh. <laughs> Because <laughs> they can't do anything. That's you just pick true. them up and put them on a shelf. <laughs> and they can't oh get God. to you. <laughs> I would just like to say I would never actually do that to a dog. <laughs> I'm just joking. I would li- never do that. It's horrible. But you could technically just put it on a shelf <laughs> and then it's and gone. That is an amazing spot. I can't believe that's the insensitive historical reference. Yeah, it's like not really insensitive. But <laughs> watching the scene, I was like, well, this definitely is not period accurate. They were not doing this <laughs> in the 1800s. I love that you're such a Halloween nerd that you instantly know that that was not period accurate. <laughs> just like, didn't feel, it just didn't feel right. <laughs> um... I guess this is it for this week's episode. What can we expect on the next episode? In the next episode, the witches make contact with a dark spirit. I'm really excited about who this is. Oh, wait, or is this the other? There's two people this could be. I actually don't know what this is referencing, but I'm excited for both. We'll be back next Wednesday with a recap of American Horror Story Coven. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. Follow us at Pod. 
Also, you can find me on Twitter at Clarice Lou. And I am at Anna B. Demento. And find me, Ped- where's Pedro Pascal in Game of Thrones? Give me the timestamps. <laughs> Actually, I forgot that Send someone sent me an edited thing on YouTube that was just his scenes. <laughs> I forgot about that. I'm just going to watch that. <laughs> you can just watch that instead of the whole of Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah. It was only, I think it's like 20 minutes long. <laughs> Yes. There's only four seasons. I'll watch Black Sales, but like in between every episode, I will play two minutes of the Pedro Pascal video. <laughs> and then he can also be in Black Sales. Yes. And to be honest, there's a lot of um, Oberyn Martell vibes in Black Sales from several characters. I think you'll be able to find someone who is not as good as Pedro Pascal, but has enough of a resemblance. Okay. Photoshop That's- him over. I'm excited. Thank you.